Hello and welcome to the Equiline Podcast. This is Dr. Wendy Corin. And this is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And today we want to talk to you a bit about a case study. Because truly when you are working with an animal, whether you're the owner of the animal, the trainer of the animal, the vet, body worker, whoever you are, following a case is where you learn and where you provide your best service. And uh, we have a few of them. Uh, we have more than a few. We have, yeah, well. we have a lot of cases, but we have one specific case that we found very interesting because of the nature of the injury and how we treated it. So working with the veterinarian, because whenever we are working on something that is outside the chiropractic body working world, we're looking for how can we bring our personal expertise into something and coordinate it with the quality of care they're already getting. And in this case, horse had a self-inflicted wound. Uh, that, and they don't know how. And they don't know how, but came in from the paddock with a very deep gouge that was over two feet long. And lots of blood, as, as the case may be. And the vet that they called out did a combination of stapling and stitching and uh, parts were left open. And the horse's reaction to that became a pretty nasty-looking inflammatory reaction. And this case was in Florida. And for those of you who know Florida, it is the hotbed of summer sore, secondary infection, and lack of healing. And lots of flies. And lots of flies. Lots and lots of flies. And lots of flies. So... We were asked to use the laser to see, can this make a difference? And for any of you who've ever used a laser, you know that wound care is where it shines, uh, pun intended. So we thought, what would be the best frequency to initiate the greatest healing potential while keeping this horse as comfortable as possible and reducing the possibility of secondary infection. And part of what happened was they had stitched and stapled. Well, what happened was the horse decided to rub all the staples out. So the part that was stapled, which was the largest part of the gash, opened up almost two inches and was a good inch deep. Yeah, it was the depth that was the most concerning for making sure that this actually was able to heal from the inside out and not create any sort of um, circumscribed infection or abscess or, or, or. So without getting and outside... And deep scarring. Well, and exactly. Deep I scarring. mean, this is a beautiful young horse, and so we also had the cosmetic interest in mind, but also this horse was in pain, and this was a young horse that needed to be exuberant and now could not be trusted. So there was a lot of management issues that went with this. And one of the most fascinating parts of using a laser is the behavioral change you see. I think that's one of the things that surprised me the most was when you find the right frequency, you get such an amazing reaction from the horse. Because if you use the wrong frequency there, you happen to be more... Uh, 
almost like they're, they have a little bit more anxiety. Uh, they won't stand still. They're moving around. They, they don't seem to let you do what you want to do. When you find the right frequency, all of a sudden they just stand there very calmly and let you do what you need to do. And there's so much research on the quality and quantity of power in the laser and whether you're at 640 or up you know more towards 900 uh, milliwatts and you know all of all of the i'm sorry that uh hey. net, net, sorry hertz hertz um not milliwatts not milliwatts 500 milliwatts is the is the power source that makes it still within the class 3b range um but the but the hertz is what tells you depth of penetration and the frequency appears and again for a lot of people this is um, the evidence that you get clinically and you can see all of this research on the fact that you get healing that you get lack of inflammation that you get decreased pain that you get acceleration of wound healing and we found that with every laser we've ever had but once we had frequency modulation what we have is the horse literally leaning into us and not only accepting, but relaxing and directing the beam of the laser to the area that seemed to be the most needing to be effect. And I know that sounds quite esoteric. And after a couple of hundred times of doing it over the last month or two, it's completely consistent. So now, and as anecdotal as it is, they're our anecdotes, and we're literally switching frequencies until we see the one or experience the one where the horse takes a deep breath, where the horse closes their eyes often within 30 seconds and goes from amazingly agitated to peaceful and calm when we are giving it the correct aid. Yeah. And this horse, when we started, was difficult because... It was a young horse. It was stall rested because they didn't want to let it out because of the amount of flies or rolling in the dirt or getting something that would possibly get into the wound that can create infection. And it it was it was a highly intense hot horse that uh, the only way they could keep it in one place was to take in a bucket of grain and let it eat. It was either green or dengue. It was dengue. And and let Um, it eat dengue while we were starting to treat it until we found the right frequency. And what, because this owner uh, was so exceptional, they were willing to do for the horse whatever the horse needed and whatever flushing it needed and whatever, um, you know, topical treatment it needed. And we were not getting change until we keep repeating, we found the right frequency. And then we have a daily monitor of this horse over a one month time of going from a two foot long depth of, of infection to barely a scar of less than an inch. Yeah. And the, when the vet did a recheck on the horse, he was really impressed with the speed of the healing that was taking place because it was a pretty big open gap. And when we first saw it, we were really kind of worried, but being in Florida, like I said, we were so worried about secondary infection that that was our biggest concern. And 
but the problem with the the amount of tissue involved, it was just open too wide to restaple it. And the amount of inflammation that surrounded it in the surrounding area was contributing to keeping it open and contributing to blocking the proper nutrients from getting to the area because it acted like a buffer around the wound. So you had this four inch above and below the cut that was just almost solid fluid. And within a few days, less than a week, all of that inflammatory tissue dissipated. And we no longer had any exudate, no pus coming out, no blood coming out. And using a combination of doing fascial work, because sometimes what we opted to do was make sure that the fascia above and below and over the parts that were healing was able to move and flow and glide over the tissues below it so you didn't get um, a keloid type of situation so that we actually have hair growing from one side through to the other so that there is literally no evidence of the scar in when we left 90% of the wound. Yeah. And in treatment times, this is this is really something that we learned about lasers that I, that's really fascinating is the treatment time is between three and five minutes. If you go too long treatment times using a class 3B laser, it actually shuts off the inflammatory process. And understand the inflammatory process is also part of the healing process. So if you shut that off, you actually shut the healing process down. Yeah, you don't get macrophages. You yeah. don't you don't get the um, cytokines. You don't get the enzyme activity there that allows you to digest the uh, waste products that are being produced in that area, and therefore there's no place for the nutrients to come in because that is being taken up by noxious material. So you need to have uh, your therapeutic treatment be within a time frame that doesn't then shut down the body's ability to do its own healing process. And, and doing the fascial work along with the laser, the fascial work helped increase fluid dynamics. And increasing fluid dynamics helps push that inflammatory fluids and the lymphatic fluids that get backed up out of that tissue, which helps speed the healing as well. So the other parts is, uh, to the equation was to also work over the thymus and stimulate the body's ability to produce T cells and actually increase that horse's ability to boost its own immune system. So there are protocols as well as frequencies that we found that it did make a difference what sequence we used. It did make a difference if we treated actually at the area of injury, but also at the level that innervated that, in, that area uh, spinally and in the immune system, stimulating thymus, stimulating heart, stimulating spleen, and, and balancing the tissue. And because there was pain, there was a lack of mobility. And so before we left, that horse was fully adjusted and we had 100% range of motion, nose to shoulder, nose to hip, actually, because it's quite a flexible boy, um, without any resistance. The pole was a whole nother story. It was like, touch me and die. 
was was the reactivity. So then adding the laser treatment and then adding homework of using the Revitavet um, head um, head stall. So you're literally putting the cap on top of the area and treating. And we're like, okay, this horse is never, ever going to let you, me put that. You, you found the calming setting too on the laser made a big difference with that horse because he was a little more difficult to treat. And then when you put on the calming setting on the laser. Right, right just, between the eyes. Right yeah. between, his right eyes, between just, the eyes where acupuncturists really... will often put the, um, you know, staple to prolong the reaction time. Well, I put the laser on the calming frequency and that horse literally just dropped his head and said, fine. So I said, well, I can't leave you my laser, but here's, there are tools that owners, trainers can use on their own. So he said, well, I, I happen to have the pole cap with the red light therapy. It's dual frequency. Let's see if these do anything, if he'll let me put it on. And I turned the lights on. I started to put it over his ears. He put his head down put it on, put the halter and stood there for half an hour with that on and said, you know, I, this, this is a good idea. I think I'll cooperate with you. And that allowed us not to have to feed him, not even to have to put a lead rope on him. And I stood there and then accepted the rest of the therapy. So whatever technique you're doing to be able to learn from it and fine tune it, is such an amazing opportunity for both the practitioner, the owner, the trainer, and most important, your equine or canine partner. Yeah, well, I think we saved that horse from uh, secondary infection. I think we saved that horse from having issues with mobility because when you have, an, you have a scar that's two feet long, that's going to create mobility issues. And so by releasing that tissue as it was healing, so the scar doesn't go as deep, uh, isn't as thick, or uh, doesn't create as much adhesions underneath. Because it's interesting, when you see a tiny little scar on top, when you look underneath, under when you dissect that thing out, it looks like a spider web about eight times the size of the teeny little scar you see on top. So scars, even though they'd be what you see on the surface is not the same thing that's going on underneath. Yeah, we we had the opportunity to see some necropsies and it's it is literally your your visible scar is the tip of an iceberg. And that's why when you see it the more you can increase mobility on top of that, the more you can improve glide whether it's scar from a spur rub which can under the surface literally damage the dynamics of those fibers three to four ribs before and after what you see on the surface. The same thing for bites, for kicks, for things that look like, oh, it's nothing. Well, it may or may not be. And if you happen to have an ultrasound device near you, you can check and see exactly what's going on. You can only help by doing some fascial work or by doing some low-level laser work or as our favorite, putting the magnawave on, seeing where it reacts, doing the fascial work and then lasering yeah. it there and putting all yeah. of your tools together. Combine those therapies, bring it all together. And as, as you know, we adjust first because sometimes after you do that, there's nothing left. So being able to address wounds and prevent issues from developing 
feeds into the mobility of the horse on every level and requires less work for us in the biomechanical and structural work. And the vet was happy because there was no secondary infection that he had to come back and treat. Uh, he felt that the laser was speeding the recovery so much better that he really didn't need to do any more. Uh, yeah. He didn't have to debride the tissue. He didn't have to do any other work. And he just helped keep an eye on it for us and was very impressed with the healing. Yeah, the, the whole, yeah. It, was good, it was good teamwork. And the best last picture we had of uh, the day we were heading out of town was the rider sitting smiling on a horse that um, had been unwilling, completely unwilling to be saddled. So always when you're addressing any issue, think of it as a case study. Think of where you started, monitor the process, bring your team together, create the best result, and then you too will have a story to tell. Be able to think outside the box. This is Dr. Wendy Corin. This is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And this has been an Equiline podcast.